We're going to be talking over the next several weeks on different themes like uh, how about hope, the subject of hope? Is there any hope? We look and see what's happening in the world today. Is there any way of really having hope, living uh, with a sense of peace in today's very tumultuous world and so forth? Um, how about how do you know what's right or what's wrong? We're seeing a challenge on the basics of, of uh, what's right and wrong in our, in our uh, culture today like we've never seen before. And, you know, you need to understand that what, what God established as right and wrong are things that you need to have in your life and establish strong in your life because that's what will take you on to strength and to victory in your Christian living. Uh, we're going to talk about why do bad things happen to good people. We're going to be talking about why, uh, what about eternity? Uh, what comes next after this life? Does the Bible speak about that? Of course, most of us know it does. Today, though, I want to start off with what I think might be the number one question that most people deal with and the subject we've already talked about uh, just briefly. Why am I here? Why, why, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I exist in 2015? Well, atheists, as you know, will, who do not believe in God, will tell you that all of us are here merely by chance. It was a chance happening. Certain chemicals came together uh, at exactly the right time and under exactly the right conditions, which produced eventually you. So you're here by totally by chance. Now, some people like that philosophy of life, and, and one of the reasons they like it is because it takes away all sense of responsibility before God. It takes away all accountability before God. And that's appealing if you live your life in such a way that the thought of accountability is fearful. So people who live like that attach to the idea that there's no accountability and therefore no God. The downside of that particular philosophy is that it leaves you very, very empty on the inside. If our existence is nothing more than a chance happening, then none of us have any, any real value. If all we are is by chance, then we have no real value because if life is simply the, the joining of chemicals at the right time, under the right conditions, evolving in, in just the right way, if, if that's the way it all happened, then your life and mine have no great purpose, they have no great value. And the answer to the question, why am I here, is left unanswered. Bertrand Russell, you may not have heard of him, but he's a British philosopher, a renowned atheist. Still, he made this statement. Unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. Isn't that interesting that an atheist would say that? Unless there is God, the question of our purpose, of our value, is absolutely meaningless. I agree with him, at least at that point. But when you go to God, and when you go to the idea of God, and then more than just the idea of God, when you go to the reality of God who has been revealed to us in His Word, you find that life does have great value. In fact, I will go so far as to say, your life has great value. Listen to Psalm 139. Powerful words. O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit or stand, when Far away, you know at my every thought. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. 
Every moment you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it. You both precede and follow me and place your hand of blessing on my head. This is too glorious, too wonderful to believe. I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to down, down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds to the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. If I try to hide in the darkness, the night becomes light around me. For even darkness cannot hide from God. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You were there while I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn towards me. And when I waken in the morning, you are still thinking about me. Do you know that that psalm is telling you that if that God cares about you as if you were the only person alive? But the great thing about God is because he's infinite, he can give that kind of attention to every single individual. It's not like he's diminished in any way because there are billions and billions of us on this planet. He gives every person the same kind of attention, the same kind of love. And so what I'm telling you today is that you are not an accident of nature. What I'm telling you today is that God planned for you from the very beginning. And it's his power that has kept you alive to today. God's power over you. It isn't fate. It isn't luck. It isn't coincidence that you are breathing at this very moment. What I'm telling you is that there's more than chance behind your life. There is God behind your life. And that brings up some incredibly exciting possibilities. And I want to talk to you today about why you exist, about why God made you. I want to talk about the core of why God made you, the foundation upon which you need to build your life, these principles of, as to why God made you. The first thing I would tell you is that you were made to know God. You were made to know God. When you read those verses in Psalm 139, you come away with the knowledge of how much God knows you. Every detail of your life. But what's even more amazing is the fact that God wants you and me to know him. He wants us to know his heart. Jesus put it this way in John 17. And this is the way to have eternal life. How? By knowing God. By knowing him, that's how you have eternal life, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. This is the way for eternal life. You want to have meaning 
in your life. You do that by knowing God. And so Jesus said that knowing God is extremely important. But more than just important, he is telling us here that knowing God is life itself. The, the problem is with a lot of us that we think that knowing about God is the same as knowing God. There are Christians in churches all over America today that think they've got everything right between them and God because they know a lot about him. They even know a lot about what he said. They know a lot about his word. But knowing about God is not the same as knowing God. You can know a lot about him. You can even have the Bible memorized and still not know God. Jesus even once said this to the Pharisees. These were religious leaders of his time. And these men certainly knew a lot about God, and they knew a lot about what God said. They knew about the Scriptures. But Jesus said in John 5, you search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. You think they give you God. They don't give you God. They point towards me, towards Jesus is what he is saying. But you refuse to come and receive this life. So knowing about something doesn't necessarily mean you know that individual. I can know a lot about our president and think that that means I really know him. But I don't know him. I don't know his moods. I, I don't know his desires. I don't know his preferences. I may think I know those things by what I see on television or maybe by policies that he enacts. And, and we can all get a little glimpse of his, of his character, of his heart from those kind of things. But we really don't know our president. I know about him. I don't know him. But this is the truth. God wants you to know him, the eternal God, not just about him, not just facts, not even just his word. He wants you to know him so that you have fellowship with him. You're tight with him. You're drawn near to him. God says, here I am in the person of Jesus. Come and know me. Come and know me. We, he wants us to know his heart. He wants us to know his desires. He wants us to know his ways because those ways bring freedom. He wants us to know the things that he loves and the things that he hates. You know, I thought that I, I knew Carrie, my wife, before we were married. Boy, was I wrong. But I will tell you that after nearly 43 years of marriage, I know this woman today, and I have more respect for her today than I did the day that I married her because I've got to know her heart. I've got to know what she loves. I've got to know what's inside her. I can say that I know her. So getting to know someone, even God, it, it takes time. It takes a lifetime of learning. And I say that because God is infinite. And just about the time you think you've got him figured out, guess what? He's going to blow your box apart. And he's going to teach you something brand new. There's so much to learn about Jesus. But knowing him will bring incredible benefits into your life. I just want to share a few of those benefits with you today. First of all, to give you a clear conscience when you know God. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
no condemnation. You can go to bed at night with a clear conscience because you live as one accepted by the Lord. Number two, it'll give you life and peace knowing the Lord. Romans 8, 6, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life, and it gives you peace. And if there's one thing we need in the world today, it's peace, amen? We need not only peace internationally, we as individuals need peace. You know why there's not much peace internationally? It's because individuals are not at peace. The bigger picture is just a reflection of what we are as individuals. We need peace, even as Christians. You need the peace of God that passes understanding to guard your heart and your mind. Number three, knowing God will help you in your weaknesses. Romans 8, 26 says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, whatever your weaknesses are. Jesus says he will strengthen by the power of his spirit as you draw close to you. He will strengthen your weaknesses. In fact, you'll go so far as to make your weaknesses appear strong by his power flowing through them. Hallelujah. Number four, it'll bring a good outcome in your life when you know God. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him. Number five, it'll bring confidence into your spirit. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? My I, brother, sister, I want you to know Jesus is for you all the way. He's not indifferent. He's not against. He is for you every step of the way. Number six, it will bring every need under submission to the Lordship of Christ. Every need will be met by the power of our God and knowing him, Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And then number seven, knowing God brings forgiveness and it brings healing to your soul and to your body. Uh, Psalms 103, he forgives all of our, uh, of our sins and heals all of our diseases. And on and on and on and on I could go this morning about the benefits of being close to God and knowing God and what that'll mean in your life when you come up against it. You better know God because there's a lot of walls out there, but I know the wall breaker, hallelujah. I know the one who causes walls to fall down and he's the Lord God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The point is you were made to know him and to experience him. Number two, I would say that we were made to fulfill a purpose. You have a mission and a purpose to your life, and it's not just to make house payments and refrigerator payments and car payments. It's not just to have a career. That's part of the piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. God wants you to fulfill a mission for your life. There's nothing worse than living life with no sense of real purpose. In fact, God made each of us in such a way that we need to achieve to feel of value. When we aren't achievers, when we don't go anywhere with our lives, when, when we don't let our lives count, we lose a sense of value. And that's very important for you to understand. It's good to have safety nets that help us in time of need, but never live in the safety net. Always rise above it. Always move out from there. Let God set your life on a higher plane. But it's not, again, it's not just achieving at anything. What's important is that you achieve at the work that God has called you to do. 
You've got to do what God has laid upon your heart to do with your life. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. That scripture just, just is loaded with truth. It tells us, first of all, that God planned for us to be here. You are not here by accident. It says in the last part of that verse, God planned for us long ago. What a thought. Before he ever created the universe, he knew you were going to be here in 2015. He knew you were going to live in the Salt Lake area. He knew you were going to be in this church this morning. God planned for your life, every detail of your life, and you can count that your life has been prepared for by God. Hallelujah. So you're not a mistake. You're not here by choice or by accident. The second thing that verse tells us is that we have a job to do, and God has outlined for us to do something. It says that he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good works, so that we can do good things, so that we can fulfill our mission. And it's very important that you seek God to find out what God wants you to do with your life. I can't tell you what God wants to do with your life. You can't tell me. I can confirm something. You can confirm something in me. But I cannot tell you. That's between you and God speaking to your heart. Never rely on somebody else to be the mouthpiece of God for you. This is the joy of knowing him and knowing his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You need to know, get close to him so you know the voice of the master. The Apostle Paul said that he had learned what his mission was, and he was committed to it in Acts 20, 24. He says, the most important thing in my life is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. So no matter what God has you doing, make that an act of your worship. Worship God with whatever you do. Say, oh, Pastor, you don't know what it's like where I work. It doesn't matter what it's like. God gave you that job. Say, couldn't he do it done better than that? <laughs> yeah, he can, but he puts us where we're capable, and we grow from there, all right? And wherever you're at doing whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. Don't do it for a paycheck. Do it for the glory of God. Don't do it for your boss. Do it for the glory of God. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That is my life's uh, purpose right there, my life's mission. My, my purpose verse is that verse right there. And then number three, you were made to enjoy God forever. Hallelujah. You were made, in other words, to go to heaven. You were made to have fellowship with him forever. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever... Um, receives him, believes on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. But not everybody gets to enjoy God forever. You see, a lot of us, we have this feeling that God just kind of blanket covers, you know, Jesus died on the cross and that blanket covers everybody in the world. Everybody's automatically saved. But that's just not true. You've got to read the, the rest of the Bible. Because the Bible teaches us that eternal life is a gift, and like any gift, it has to be received, or it does you absolutely no good. So you've got to decide to receive it. You've got to decide to, to take it, or it does you no good. So how do you receive the gift? 
how do you how do you take what God is offering? Is there a is there a special church that you have to join? So that if you join this special church, it automatically pops you into eternal life. Is that how you do it? Not according to the Bible. Is is there a certain amount of money that you need to give? You need to write a check and give a certain amount of money away. If you give enough, you qualify. No. It's free. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. It's free. According to the Bible, what is required is for you to ask God through Jesus to forgive you of your sins. To ask him to become your savior and your Lord. And he will give you eternal life. Then you can enjoy God forever. But only those who do that enjoy God forever. And some people think that that's too easy. In fact, I've heard some people call that cheap grace. And they say, well, you know, we got to do something. No, there's nothing you could do. Try your hardest. It's not good enough. If, if you and I could save ourselves, Jesus died for nothing. The reason he was put on a cross and died that cruel death is because that was the only way out for us. That was the only way out. It's not cheap. In fact, it cost Jesus his life, and it'll cost you yours too. When you give your heart to Christ, you turn yourself over to be his. He takes over ownership. You give him the right to call the shots. But if you do that, he gives you an incredible blessing, and that blessing is found in Isaiah 118, where he says, no matter how deep the stain of your sin, I will take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I will make you as white as wool. As some of you, the devil has lied to you and has told you that you're too far gone. You've done too many terrible things with your life. And because of it, God would have nothing to do with you. Some of you believed in your heart that if you ever walked into a place like this, the ceiling would cave in. It's still there. The ceiling didn't cave in. God didn't give up. And what he's telling you today is very simply, if you'll turn your life over to him, he will take your past with all of its sins and failure. He'll take your present and he'll take your future all the way to heaven. Past, present, and future. He takes it under his control. And he begins to work the masterpiece the masterpiece of you into the person that he wants you to be. Would you bow your heads? Here at Life Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to lifechurchutah.com.